Last week we talked about moving from favor, uh, from frustrated to favor, from frustrated to favor. Uh, this week we're going to talk about moving from blocked to breakthrough. So last week when we were talking about moving from frustrated to favor, we were talking about getting the big things right in life, getting those big God rocks right in our life, and then and, and moving from things just being um, struggling to getting God's general favor. But this is much more specific. This week, we're going to be talking about the humble, urgent, powerful praying for the purpose of seeing God act, for the purpose of seeing God intervene, for this purpose of seeing God rescue and save and give direction and give guidance and supernaturally change impossible situations for breakthrough moments. Not just the general favor, but for the breakthrough moments of life. You need God's help. Do you need God's help for something? Do you feel blocked in an area? Do you feel stuck in an area? Do you know people who need God's guidance or God's help or God's uh, mer a miracle for their life or their situation? If you don't, I, I know you know people who do. Often in life, God humbles us. He humbles us, allowing us to experience a block, to get stuck to not, to not be able to know what to do, to not see answers, to be confused for an extended season of time, to not be able to see any way forward. It allows us to experience a block, and that's, that's humbling. It's humbling so that we turn to him. He does that intentionally, so we turn to him, so that we turn to him and we find a help, and we find a rescue, and we find a direction, and we find a salvation, we find a guidance better than what we would have come up with on our own, that we end up on God's superior way as we look to him and, and, tr and trust him and, and seek him to, to act. According to the Bible, there is no more powerful way to move from blocked in life to breakthrough than when a group of people pray in agreement about the same things whilst fasting together for a set period of time. When they choose to not eat any food and instead to, to fast and pray and see God act. Now prayer is powerful. We see that all through the Bible. Praying together in agreement with believers is way more powerful and then you add in that fasting component, and it just supercharges everything. It just gets off the charts, hands down, the most uncontested, most powerful way to, to see, see God for breakthrough in your life. So welcome to our church's fast week, our, our, our week of, of humbling ourselves with fasting. Last year, 102 people participated in it in one way or another. Some people spent one day fasting. Some people spent two days fasting. But 62 people said, We're, I'm going to fast all five days. All five days, no food for, for five days. Now, fasting is definitely not for everybody. It's definitely not for everyone. There's huge health reasons not to fast, such as pregnancy or people with blood sugar issues, people already unhealthily underweight, people with jobs that are physically demanding that they just can't be weak in or that require a mental clarity this week that uh, whether for exams or for, for your job that you just can't have a, 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 a weaker uh, concentration this particular week. Um, people on, on medicines, 
Uh, on medicines, a great reason not to fast. If you're, if you're on medicines, uh, probably not a good idea to, to change um, the, your food intake this week. Fasting is definitely not for everybody. But at the same time, for the majority of us, fasting is going to be just fine. Now, by just fine, I don't mean painful or, or, or whatever. Uh, it's, it's going to be hard and unpleasant for, for us, but that's the point. It makes us weak. It makes us hungry. It humbles us. It's uncomfortable. And that's precisely what makes it more more powerful because you're humbling yourself before God when you're fasting. You're weakening yourself intentionally. And and somehow the more we are, are weakened before God, the more humbled we are before God, the more heaven hears. The more heaven hears and is moved to act. Be that in giving answers to questions or miracles to needs. This week, our church uh, together is going to pray as hard as it is possible to pray. Uh, as hard as we can pray, as hard as we can for breakthroughs for our church, but also for breakthroughs for, for our lives as individuals. Now, there's, there's lots of things that we could talk about when, when going into a fasting week. And over the years, uh, probably in January, I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about fasting. This year, when it comes to setting up our fasting week, I want to focus on the power of persistence. The power of persistence in prayer and fasting. Prayer is powerful. Prayer and fasting is powerful. And then you throw in persistence, and it's just going, it's just ticking all the boxes. That idea of not giving up in pleading and pleading with God for help and for direction. If you're like me, if you're like me, uh, there's things that you've prayed about, and you've pleaded to God about in prayer, but you've never seen any breakthroughs in Chances are that, that there's some things that are hugely important to you. That you. You're like, oh, this is such a big deal, and you've given up praying about them because nothing has happened. Mark Batterson, he's this author that I've been reading a bunch. He's a pastor in, in uh, I think, Washington, D.C. area. Mark Batterson, he reminds us this. He says, very rarely are our prayers answered as quickly or easily as we'd like. Amen. By definition, praying hard is hard because it's hard. But it's the prayers you pray when you feel like you want to quit praying that can bring the greatest breakthroughs. And that's what this week is about. Powerful fasting and praying for the greatest breakthroughs. It's about praying again. It's about praying and not giving up on those prayers. In the words of Jesus, about keeping asking. Keep on asking, and Jesus says, you will receive. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open. It's that keep on, keep on, keep on. Personally, I'm at a place of desperate desperation. And if that seems redundant to you, it's meant to be emphatic. I'm at a place of desperate desperation, and this has driven me to the longest season of prayer and fasting in my life. It was my aim to pray and fast for 21 days. Today, I'm on day 14. Why? why? Why am I doing this? Well, basically, because I was getting to the end of the year. I was looking at my life. 
I was looking at our church here and what's going on in our church and the pressures and my desperate desperation for God's help and his, in, in his guidance and his intervention. It was just building up. And I was like, I've got nothing else. I need God. I need God now. I need actual help, not just an encouragement. I need help. I don't know if you've ever been to one of those places in your life where you're like, I now need God's help today. I, I am desperately desperate. I, I, I have desperate desperation. And so it was the only thing I knew how to do. Humble myself with prayer and fasting without eating food for three full weeks. Pleading with God to, to act, finally act in answer to my prayers. Now, I've never fasted this long in my life. I've never fasted this long. Um, but I do try to fast for at least five days, three times a year, at, at three different times throughout the year. Usually when I'm fasting, God speaks extra clearly. He gives me guidance or direction, but it's not unusual for me to hit like day three or four or five uh, and still feel like I haven't heard anything yet from God. And, and, and that can be discouraging. You're like, wow, God, I haven't eaten anything for four days. Come on, you know, say, you know, give me guidance, give me direction here. Sometimes I don't even hear things for like a week or two until after fasting. Our church fast it isn't really about breakthrough this week. Our church fast isn't really about seeing God's breakthrough this week, although I'm, I'm asking for God to break through this week, and, and we can pray that way. But it's really about pre-ordering a year full of miracles. That's what we're doing. Pre-ordering a year full of, of God's active, active, obvious, obvious intervention and help all year long. For us as individuals and for us as a church so I've got my big prayer requests and and I'm telling you I have never prayed this hard in my life I've never prayed so hard and heard so little I've heard hardly anything I've never prayed and prayed and prayed and seen nothing uh, for so long these 14 days am I discouraged I would say I have an intense holy curiosity about this week this this final week of of, of this this season of fasting what's going to happen when a hundred people join in praying and fasting together uh, for for what god's going to do in this church for seeing breakthroughs happen i am really curious to see what god's going to do and i do have a, a real intense sense of of expectation of expectation about what god's going to do these weeks of silence, though, these weeks of silence, of praying and fasting and, and, and seeing nothing thus far, it, it reminds me of the story of Elijah. And, and if you've been around me for the last couple of weeks, you've heard me say this because I am talking about this all the time. I, I, I've been so intensely thinking of that story where Elijah's on top of Mount Carmel. And, and not the time when the fire falls from the sky and, and consumes a burnt offering. That had just happened. He's still on the mountain. And what he does at that moment is he tells the king and those people to go and eat and drink. You guys go, and that's what they do. They go and they eat and they drink. Does he tell them? Well, I don't know if he tells them, but that's what they do. They go and they eat and they drink, but Elijah doesn't. And instead, Elijah goes to the summit, to the very top of the mountain. And instead of eating and drinking, he puts his head between his knees and he prays his guts out for rain. He prays as hard as he can, urgently pleading with the God of heaven to, to intervene in this drought and to send rain. So they're eating and drinking. He is not. He is 
praying as hard as he can. And what does he do? He sends out his servant. Go see if there is any evidence at all that my prayer is being answered. And the servant goes. And then he, and he takes a look over the horizon. And he comes back and he says these words. There's nothing. There's nothing. Now, there's Elijah. Now, God's already told him that he's going to send rain. And he is up there on the mountain praying as hard as he can. He's not eating and drinking. He's praying as hard as he can for rain. And so then he prays and prays and prays, his head between his knees, and he's praying. And he sends a servant again, go see if there's any evidence at all that there's, my prayers are being answered. He goes. He comes back. There's nothing. And so he prays, and he prays as hard as he can, and he's not eating and drinking, and he has his head between his knees, and he's praying and pleading with God, who already said he's going to do this, and yet there's no evidence at all. He sends his servant out to go see if there's any more evidence, and he comes back again. There's nothing. And he doesn't give up. That's three times. And so he prays, and he's got his head between his knees, and he's praying as hard as he can. He's not eating and drinking. He's praying as hard as he can, and then he sends his servant out, Servant comes back, there's nothing. And so what does he do? He sits there and he prays as hard as he can. And he puts his head between his knees and he's not eating and drinking. He's praying as urgently to the God of heaven who has said he's going to answer this prayer. He said he's going to send rain, but there's no evidence out there at all. And he sends a servant to see if there's any evidence at all of God's answering of his prayer. He is praying as hard as he can. And this is Elijah. Elijah, Elijah, Elijah. The guy who had just called lightning out of the sky. There was no cloud in the sky for the lightning to fall from because that's the whole point. He's praying for at least a cloud, right? for something to show up. There's a clear sky. Lightning falls from the sky. He just had that miracle. Now he's praying as hard as he can. Five times. There is nothing. Again, sixth time. Praying as hard as he can. Go and see if there's any evidence at all. And again, the servant returns. There's nothing. Zero evidence at all of any answered prayer. Now that's how I felt for sure after 10 days, if not even all the way till this day. The hardest praying of my life, longest fasting of my life thus far. But on day 11, it's possible. On day 11, out of nowhere, I started seeing maybe something very tiny starting to happen. I don't know if it's going to develop into anything. But like Elijah, on the seventh time, he sent a servant. And the servant comes back and says, there's, there's a, a little cloud, like the size of a, of a man's hand, rising out of, the, out of the sea, on the horizon. It's rising up. And Elijah sees that evidence. And he says, okay, it's go time. He sees that evidence. I, and I'm wondering if, if the, the things I started to see on Thursday, uh, on that on that day, just, is that the evidence of something potentially, potentially, I, I don't know. We'll see if it becomes a cloud, if this cloud becomes a rainstorm. I'm believing for rain. I'm believing for rain. Will it turn out to be nothing? I don't know. But I suppose what I love about Elijah is he keeps praying. And he prays as hard as he can, and he doesn't stop when it just seems like over and over and over again, nothing is happening no matter how hard he prays. Again, our fasting this week is not about our week. It's about our year. It's about our year ahead. We're pre-ordering miracles. 
We're, we're, we're pre-ordering help. We're pre-ordering direction. We're pre-ordering guidance from God. And so don't be discouraged if you get to day two or, or three or four and you feel like you're not seeing anything or hearing anything or, or getting any guidance. Just keep going and believe that the rain is coming. Keep going and believe that God is, is going to act in response to their prayers. Now, one of the things that we've been praying around here for is more space. If you've been here any time in the last, oh, I don't know, five years or more, half a decade or more, you've seen that we have been praying uh, for, for more space for, for our church and, and for God's intervention in that way. Um, we, last year, if you were here for our prayer and fasting week, we were praying for more space. We're still here. We're still here. That, that, that didn't happen. That, that didn't actually come together. However, though, we might be getting closer. We might be getting closer. We are in talks with a church about purchasing a church called St. Jude's Church. They approached us. We didn't approach them. It's on Woodlands Road. There's a picture of it on the screen. Uh, it's on Woodlands Road. It's kind of by that Sainsbury petrol station. You know what I'm talking about near Charing Cross. One of the five things that we're going to be asking you to pray for this church about is for St. Jude's Church. For, for this space, debt-free, right away. Can you handle that? This space, debt-free, right away. Again, we didn't approach them. They've approached us and, and about this situation. This space, St. Jude's, debt-free, right away. Just because we've been blocked for years... Just because a half a decade or more has gone by praying and praying and praying for more space doesn't mean, doesn't mean that we're not on the verge of breakthrough now, at this moment. So let's pray. Let's fast. Let's seek God for his intervention in our space situation by providing this building quickly, quickly. Now this building is, is a good um, picture for us to think about when it comes to your long-time prayed prayers. You're, you're, the times where you've prayed and prayed and sought God and basically seen no answers. Maybe for years. Maybe for years and years. And you've prayed as hard as you can and, and you wonder uh, if there's anything going to ever happen with this. Maybe you've become discouraged. I bet there's things in your life that maybe you've prayed for for a long time that are very important to you, but you've given up on praying because of just silence. Just, you didn't hear anything. Like God never did anything. You became discouraged. And you gave up on those prayers. You lost hope. Well, I want to encourage you to think again and, and to keep praying, to keep seeking, to keep knocking. And I, I want to remind you of a story in the Gospels, a kind of a disturbing story, but it's a story that just leapt off the page at me when we were going through this uh, when my, in my Bible read-through group last month or so. It's just a very simple story. You're familiar with it, but, but this is what strikes me about this idea of, of perseverance. It's in Matthew chapter 15, and I'm going to start reading in verse 21. This is what we read in Matthew 15, verse 21. It says, when Jesus left there, he withdrew to the area of Tyre and Sidon, which is way up north, which is out of the land of Israel and, and on the coast. So he withdrew to the area of Tyre and Sidon. Just then, a Canaanite woman from that region came and kept crying out, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is cruelly tormented by a demon. Okay, so the person, the person in this story is a Canaanite woman. 
a Canaanite woman. If you've been tracking the story of the Bible uh, at this point, of all cultures, of all civilizations, of all people groups, there is no one less likely going to receive anything from God than a Canaanite. So this Canaanite woman, is she's the most unlikely and unworthy of persons. The most unlikely of persons to receive anything. Now maybe you feel this way about you. I don't know your story. I don't know what's going on in your life. Maybe you're looking at your life and you're like, your situation, your sin, your compromises, your failures, for whatever reason, your background or whatever, maybe you feel like you today are one of the most unlikely persons, one of the most unworthy persons to ever receive any help from God. And you're thinking, God won't answer my prayers because I'm, un because I, I'm just one of those unlikely, unworthy ones. I want you to know there's hope for you. There's hope for you in Jesus. Watch this story and see what happens. So she's the most unlikely, most unworthy. And what happens to her? Well, we read there in that verse there that she appeals to Jesus as the son of David. She prays out to Jesus, the son of David. And, and this is a way that an Israelite could appeal to Jesus more effectively. Jesus, the son of David is the, is the king of Israel title. She could have appealed to him as like savior of the world, but instead she appeals to him as the son of David, that the, the Israelite promised king. She's not an Israelite. She's a Canaanite. So her appeal, like, you my king, you my king, do this for me, it doesn't work. She's, she's actually using the wrong words in her prayer. It would be like someone today who's not a Christian praying like this, Father, help me. Now, Christians can pray that way. Christians, because we've been adopted into God's family. We, we have been adopted by, by Jesus, and so we can call and we're taught to pray God as our Father. But somebody who's not been adopted into God's family doesn't get to pray Father. They can pray, God, have mercy on me. But they can't pray Father. It's inappropriate because, but, but, you know, that's, that's just an example there. I don't want to make too much of that. But the point is that she's, making, she's using the wrong words in her prayers. She calls out to Jesus. Maybe, again, maybe you feel unworthy and you don't even know how to pray or what to pray. So what ha let's see what happens with this woman who's the, the most unworthy woman praying with all the wrong words. Well, we read this in verse 23. Jesus, yet he did not say a word to her. He did not say a word. She's calling out to him, yet he did not say a word to her. So his disciples approach him and urge him, send her away because she cries out after us. Jesus answers with silence. He answers with silence. Now, I know all about what that's like, don't you? There are times where you've prayed and you've, you've asked Jesus, and, and, and you're like, Jesus, help me. Give me direction. Give me help here. Jesus, intervene. Act. Tell me what to do right now. I don't even know what to do. I'm stuck. I, I need your help right now. And you pray and you pray and you pray. Silence. Silence. Nothing. And, and chances are, after praying for a while and, and getting silence, you do what most people do. You stop praying. You give up. But silence is no reason to give up on praying. Silence is no reason to stop. No unanswered prayer 
is worth stopping praying. It's not a reason to not keep bombarding heaven. It's not a reason to keep bombarding heaven for breakthrough. Silence is not the time to stop. It's the time to keep going. And so Jesus answered with silence. The disciples urged her to send away. And then what happens? Well, the next verse says, he, Jesus replied, I was, now she can hear it for sure. I, she's, he's probably talking to his disciples, but he could be talking to her, but she's hearing it no matter what. He replied, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Again, tapping back into that son of David claim, I'm here for, for those people. You're not, you don't get to be a part of this. I was sent only to the lost sheep of, of Israel. So when Jesus finally does say something, when he breaks his silence, it's basically like, no. I'm not here for this. Jesus answers with discouragement, in the very least, and that's putting it lightly. I wasn't sitting here discouraging her. Now, if that was in the Bible, I'd be like, wait, Jesus isn't, doesn't discourage, discourage people. That doesn't sound like Jesus. Well, it, it, he does. He does sometimes. And I bet many of us know what it's like to pray for something you really want and feel silence and discouragement. If you don't know what that feels like, you've probably never prayed for anything you wanted. Not that everything goes unanswered, but, but sometimes there's a long time of silence and there's a long time of discouragement before Jesus starts moving sometimes. Sometimes. So what do most people do when Jesus answered with discouragement, when they get discouraged? Well, they give up. They give up. But what does this woman do? Well, in verse 25... It says, but she came, knelt before him, and said, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. But she keeps asking. But she keeps asking. She keeps pleading, never giving up on her prayers. Never giving up on her, what she's asking Jesus for. Now, family, pay attention to this. This is gold stuff right here. This, is, this right here is at the heart of it. And this week, as we, as we go into this week, you might be on day two, and you might feel like there's silence in heaven. On day two, you might be feeling discouraged. On day four, you're like, oh, there's nothing happening ever. Maybe you find yourself praying the exact same prayers as last year, and you're like, there's just nothing happening. I want you to remember this woman, that she received silence, that she received discouragement, and she keeps on asking. Verse 26, Lord, help me. He answered, it isn't right to take the children's bread and throw it to their dogs. Again, highlighting the unworthiness of the Canaanites. Yes, Lord, she said, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Jesus is basically telling, it's not appropriate it's not, a pro, it's not right for me to do this for you, to, to answer your, your requests. This is just all kinds of discouragement, all kinds of, of dissuasion, and yet she keeps pleading. She won't take no for an answer. She keeps wrestling. She keeps wrestling verbally for, for help, for the help that she desperately needs from God. Are you that kind of person that is willing to stay wrestling with God for those things that you eagerly want to see breakthrough in? In your life, in your church? 
This is powerful stuff, making it clear to God. God, I am never giving up on these prayers, ever. I am ne- you are going to hear this until I'm in heaven, and then I can't, I don't know what I'm going to be praying then, but you are gonna, as long as I draw breath, you are going to be hearing me bombarding heaven for these prayers. I don't know what your prayers might be. For some of you, God, please intervene in my kids' lives. Maybe please intervene in my marriage. Please intervene in my relationship situation. Please intervene in my parents' lives. Please intervene in my, my extended family. Please rescue me. Please help me. Please assist me in this, in this, in this course of study, in my job, and against these people who are, who are against me. I, I need your help. I, I'm stuck in life. I need your breakthrough. God, I need your help, and I'm not giving up on this prayer ever. Unless you absolutely, absolutely say as clear and clear and clear as possible, no. But you better be clear, because I'm going to keep praying. Don't just dissuade me. you got to say no. So what happens is this, this woman who just keeps going through silence, through dissuasion, through disappointments, verse 28. Then Jesus replied to her, woman... Your faith is great. Let it be done for you as you want. And from that moment, her daughter was cured. Finally answered prayer. I need breakthrough. I need God's help. Our church needs breakthrough. Our church needs God's help. And so I'm inviting you to join in the most powerful week of the year. Our week of fasting, of not eating food and praying together, where we humble ourselves, not taking silence for an answer, where we humble ourselves, not allowing discouragement to stop us, where we keep asking and seeking no matter how long it takes and just bombard heaven with a holy humility, seeking and asking and knocking. Bombarding heaven for breakthrough. Last year I said two things about fasting. I said this. First of all, I said, uh, God is still going to give us good things this year whether we pray and fast or not. We're not praying and fasting for a good year versus a bad year. I'm confident God's favor is with this church, with our family here, that, that he's uh, shining, he's doing good things. I'm very confident about that. It's not that God won't give us anything good if we don't fast and pray and seek him. The reason we pray and fast is because there is much more and much better and much quicker Available via wrestling with God in prayer, via humbling ourselves with prayer and fasting together. There's more than without it. Last year, our church saw more fruit, more good, amazing things happen than any other year, and it it wasn't even close. We started the year with prayer and fasting together. We planted Reho Belfast, which is just taken off. We've sent out the, the gathering church with Andy and Adam and, and uh, sent them out. We, we've saw more people give their lives than, than ever before by a landslide. In 2015, we saw eight people give their lives to Jesus. Amazing. Every one of them a miracle. 
In 2016, we saw 17 people give their lives to Jesus, by far the most we'd ever seen before. But last year, in 2017, we saw 44 people give their lives to Jesus. It's just a, a massive amount of this unbelievable, miraculous breakthrough. And I know people were praying and fasting like last year for salvations, praying and seeking God for, for salvation, not just praying every week, but praying and fasting for it. Way more than double our most ever. I believe that our prayer and fasting week set the course for our most fruit-filled year ever by far. But that was last year. What about this year? This year we're going to pray again. And we've got these prayer cards. They're going to be available for you uh, on the way out if you would like them, if you'd like one. And, and, what, and what's going on, the, on these prayer cards is uh, on, the, on the front, there's five things. There's five things we're going to ask you to pray and fast and plead to God for on behalf of our church, for on behalf of our church here. These are the five things we're asking you to, to lean in and fast and pray for for our church. And then on the back... There's space for, for four requests. Now, why four versus five? We added one last minute. Uh, so if, if you want to keep it even, you can put five on the back. Feel free. Go wild. Uh, but, but four is blanks on the back where you can put the things that you want to, for your own life, things that are important to you individually. Like, I want to see this take place uh, this year. God, I want to see your breakthrough in this area in my life. And so you can fill out the back as well. On the church side are these five things. Our church's financial health. Our next worship, worship pastor, St. Jude's Church, this church that we're, we're uh, having talks with. We're praying for me and the leadership of the church here. And we're praying for reawakening, for salvation, for our city, our nation, our generation to turn back from God. So you'll, you'll get these cards on your way out. And, and the challenge is, I want you to fill out your four on the back. And I, I want you to hold on to it this year, even if you're not fasting this week, even if you're like, I can't fast for medical reasons or whatever, but I'm going to dedicate myself to praying, and I'm going to pray six times a day, and I'm going to set my alarm, now I do this, uh, I set my alarm, I'll watch, uh, pray six times a day for these things, uh, both sides of the card, again, pray for both sides of the cards for, for breakthrough, and we're going to bombard heaven for breakthrough, for breakthrough immediately. Now, I want you to hold on to the cards after this week, and, and, and in fact, even after you're done fasting, just continue to be praying and seeking God for these. Hold on to these cards, because these, these prayer cards, I believe, are going to become praise cards this year, as we see God act and answer. And I bet there's going to be people showing up and say, I wrote on my card in January, this, I needed this thing from God, this miracle, this breakthrough. And in February or in March or in June or in November, it happened and God intervened to, to his praise. Hold on to these cards as they become praise cards. For tips and directions about fasting, uh, we have those blue fa flasting, uh, flasting, flasting guides. Day 14, guys. Uh, we have these uh, blue fasting guides. Uh, if you if you've I've not seen them, they've been written by Ruth Weller, giving us tips about fasting. There's also a, a new podcast available with our church. We have the Rehope podcast, the Glasgow one that has the messages. Uh, but also we have a new one called Rehope Extra, which you can find on the on the iTunes podcast store. Uh, and Rehope Extra, the first one of those is I'm interviewing Ruth about fasting and 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 her experience and tips. And so that's available on online. 
Um, also, you can listen to last year's message about fasting, which is called, uh, that's on YouTube, uh, on, our, on our channel here, and it's called Vision Sunday 2017. Just ways that you can uh, think more about fasting and get ready to lean in this year. Again, there's great reasons not to fast. But if you're healthy, and if you're able, don't give way to the terror you feel at the thought. The enemy wants to use us to use fear to keep us from breakthrough. He wants to use fear to keep us from going for it. It's one of his age-old uh, old tactics. If you're healthy, I challenge you to give it a go. To give it a go, and, and, and we're going to put up a survey at the end of the week on, on Facebook, and, and it's so simple. I looked at it today. It's just going to take about a minute. Just a quick little thing where, where you can say, I, I fasted for one day, and this is what happened. Or I fasted for two days or three days, or I fasted for all five days. You know, uh, the challenge is five days. It joins for five days of fasting, but even if you can just fast for one day, we want to hear about it. We want to honor that. We want to celebrate uh, that, that day of, of humbling yourself. We just ask you to fill out the survey at the end. Just take a minute, just one minute, and fill that out. It's going to be on Facebook and um, on our I Tend Rehope page. But consider today a call and a challenge, a potential year-changing call and challenge to everyone who is healthy and able to humble yourselves with me, to seek God, bombarding heaven for breakthrough this week and this year, to move forward together with us from blocked to breakthrough. Mm -hmm.